What are you worried about? Your family? Your health? The weather outside? Your dog? Your parakeet? Did you forget something? Let's see. What's this? A bean? This little insignificant bean? A worry bean? So what? It's moot. I just throw it in the bucket. You'll deal with it later. Or hell, not at all. The phone's ringing. What now? What bad news awaits? Speaking of news, did you hear what happened? But wait, there's more. Click on this story. Your worry is our profit. Such delight, your worry. From the first glimpse of worry in the alarming morning, the empty cups of coffee to the full spectrum of miraculous brain activity at time forgotten midnight. That bucket in your closet, it's halfway full or halfway empty. How should we look at this? These little worries. Hakuna Matata, anyone? What if you can't sleep? What if you can't pay rent? What if you haven't heard from them for one more day? What if you're destined to fail, to fall? You peek into your closet. The bucket is spilling. A bucket full of worry beans, too heavy to lift. How can you ever sift through this overwhelming confusion? Let me introduce you to my friend Phil, the therapist. And let me introduce my friend Rob, the artist. What are you worried about, Phil? How much time do you have, Rob? <laughs> there's lots There's lots to worry about. Isn't there? Yes. I actually liked your opening. Perhaps you throw the worry beans into the bucket to deal with later, or never at all. Not at all. I could really relate to that. These little worries, these little beans, they add up. They do indeed. They compound with anxious interest. So if we go back to the beginning, to the empty bucket, which really, there is never an empty bucket because... There's never an empty bucket, yes. (laughs) Worry-free is impossible. That doesn't happen. It it really is. It, It really is impossible. The best we can do... I mean, name one human that doesn't have any worries. It's impossible. The ones that come to mind are sort of like Gandhi or Buddhist monks, and the reason, but they still have worries too. We all have, of course. We got to sleep. We have to have water. We have to eat. But they're they're the closest to at peace, centered, ground zero. But when you think about it, how much effort do they put into combating worry? You have to be active. You have to be actively combating worry. Now, they do it to an extreme. How much does the average person put into combating worry? And in an ideal situation, you would live with enough food, clothing, water, shelter, like maybe on the beach. But even then, you'd have worries. You'd be worried about the weather. You'd be worried about making lunch. You'd still have worries. Here's a tip that, that I heard a long time ago that I have implemented, and I can say from experience that it definitely works. Say a simple task 
comes your way. Let's just say it's an email. Well, it's just an email and you just don't really want to deal with it at the time. But if you ask yourself, is this something that I can take care of in under five minutes? If the answer is yes, then go ahead and do that task immediately. Otherwise, how much time are you going to end up spending on this email or the thought of, oh, I got to I gotta get to that email. Oh, that. So really, you end up spending, there's a lot of stress that will come just from not acting upon that immediately to get, it's like a video game. Like those things coming at you and, and then you zap that thing away. And it never stops. It never stops. Yeah, exactly. They keep coming. In essence, the beans are being thrown at you all day long. Oh, yeah, exactly. This sounds like it, we should make a, a, a new uh, mobile game. The Artist and the Therapist presents Worry, Worry Beans. beans. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Let's get on that. Can we get our staff to, uh, to get on that right away? In going back to that getting something done in five minutes to avoid having to worry about it later, on the same kind of path, let's say there's a larger thing that needs to be done. You need to... Get your taxes done. Okay, fine. We'll go with that. Even the simplest task of writing down a note saying, I will make a phone call on Monday, or I will gather, gather the paperwork on Monday. Then your brain won't hit you at three in the morning about, oh, I got to get to the taxes because your brain will be satisfied that you said, okay, we, we've made a plan. It's a baby step, but that's, that's fine with your brain. A baby step is fine. So that little, little step can go a long way. I, I was thinking, call your tax guy on Monday. Call your accountant. Perfect. That's call all. You, yes. Right. Just right. the simplest task. Do, right? What's the simplest thing towards moving in that direction? Maybe you want to look into going back to school. Oh, that's a good one. And then so you make a little note saying, okay, Monday I will spend 10 minutes Googling. Colleges. Right, right. So you're talking about breaking it down. Break it down into manageable pieces. Correct. Instead of trying to tackle the whole mountain of tasks, do something easy, small, so you feel empowered. How many times has somebody gone into the doctor with, fill-in-the-blank problem, and the, the first question the doctor asks is, are you stressed about anything right now? <laughs> Duh. What am I not stressed about, right? <laughs> if you don't have something in your life on a day-to-day -day basis that is designed to a system that is designed to shield some of these beans that are being thrown at you, then, uh, yeah, your bucket's going to fill up pretty quickly. And you'll feel overwhelmed. Of course. You probably have seen several people show up to your door at your office, a bucket, and then they're like, well, hold on, I got uh, my car waiting at the curb. I've got about four more buckets I've got to bring up here. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'll come down and help you with these buckets. Interestingly, most of my clients have recurring I'll say at least recurring buckets. So you can almost predict what the theme is going to be. In essence, if you really drill down, there's three to ten beans that are like oversized. If you could imagine like a football-sized bean in the bucket. There's usually some that stand out. 
anxiety is one of the most common mental health disorders we see in my line of work. 28% of the population suffers with some form of anxiety. Worry to me is the lower level, the lower feeling of fear. I'm worried if I'm going to get to the appointment on time. I'm worried about what to wear to the party tonight. I'm worried what my teenage children think of me. I'm worried, is she going to say yes if I ask her out? Those are worries. Anxiety is when you are worried all the time. You're restless, you're wound up, you're edgy. When you're that wound up all the time, you're bound to be fatigued, you're irritable, you have trouble concentrating, and you can't control the worries. That becomes generalized anxiety disorder. We call it GAD for short. And I see that is, if it's not number one, it's number two diagnoses for a lot of my clients. What can we actively, how can we actively combat this? Maybe stand up, stand up and move. Stand up and move. Don't be sitting and, and getting into a fetal position and, and try to be present. We have an acronym in one of the models of therapy I use is called Dialectical Behavioral Therapy, DBT, and the acronym is TIP. T is for temperature, I is for intense exercise, P is for either paired breathing or I like progressive relaxation. I like to call the T the face bucket challenge. So if you are worried, especially to the point of panic, and you're like, oh my God, what am, I, what am I gonna do? And you find yourself hyperventilating. Get out a salad bowl, a big bowl, ice cubes, cold water, sit at your table and dip your face into that ice water. Deep breath and 10, nine, eight, seven, six. Pull your face up, dab it off with a towel, and again, 10, 9, 8, 7, three sets of 10 is what you're going for. You're not trying to drown yourself, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but what that does is it elicits the diver response. So your brain doesn't know that you haven't jumped off a boat into the Pacific Northwest. By the way, the Pacific water, especially in the Northwest, it's freezing. Right? So your body goes, oh, you're deep sea scuba diving. I suppose I will stop breathing as quickly. I will slow down the breathing. I will slow down the heart rate. I will slow down the blood flow. Everything slows down. And that's really effective when you're having a panic attack. The good side of that. That's a great thing to do in the moment, and it'll get you through a couple of hours. You can't be dipping your face in a bucket as you drive to work, though, or in the boardroom. Hello, gentlemen. I'm here to give the presentation, but first I need to... That's not going to work very well. <laughs> well, yeah, you're not going to perform well if you have worries, obviously, as from an actor's perspective. When you show up to, let's say, a, a stage play... If you have enormous worry of all the bad things, all the things that could go wrong, and, and you're, about, you're about to walk on the stage, you are not 
going to give your best performance. If you can enter into that scene in a zen state, and then right when you get into the action, boom, you are in that you are in that scene. You can then react to what's in front of you. But to bring the the bucket full of worry beans onto the stage is not recommended. Just think of uh, even if you look at someone in sports, say Tiger Woods. If he shows up with the the, uh, the bucket of worry beans, he might have the caddy to carry it around for him, but <laughs> that will still be lingering. He has to be focused. He has to be in a, as close to a Zen state for him to perform the best. So I go back to actively combating worry. I say work out every day. That's the I and tip. Intense exercise. Temperature, intense exercise, and then progressive relaxation. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you got to get your heart rate up. Yes. You got to get your heart rate up. Not just, I tell my clients, walking the dog does not count. Well, it's better than not. I, I count it. There's the key word for me is mindfulness. You talked about Zen. To me, that is the extreme antidote to worry is mindfulness or meditation. And so taking your dog for a walk could be a mindfulness activity. You're in the sun, you look at the flowers, you say hello to your neighbor, but you're not getting your heart rate up. You're not getting the good chemicals going through your body, including endorphins, dopamine, endorphins, that you would raising your heart rate to 80, 90, 100. Go go to the damn gym. Go to the damn gym. If you're full of worries, first question, how often do you work out? I would put that under self-care in general. A lot of clients come to me and interestingly, what they're not getting in their routine is good sleep. Mm. So you you say exercise, and by the way, I'm 100% on board with this, probably 110% on board with exercise. And on top of that, I would say cardio. Uh, strength training's great. I like cardio for anxiety. But see, I would actually lean a little bit towards the strength training. There is such a release that comes from the strength training. But you said sleep. My next question, how do you, how is your sleep going? And are you, are you eating well? Are you eating well and consistently every day eating about the same times, getting back to basics. And that, there you go. Back to basics, being present, be, be hyper present, simply, okay, I walk in the kitchen. And this is what I may say to myself. I'm walking in the kitchen. My feet are touching this cold floor. Give yourself a play-by-play. I am getting the ginger out of the refrigerator. And now I'm picking up the knife. It fits nicely in my hand. And I am now... I sound like a crazy person. <laughs> no, no. Uh, that All of that is mindfulness. It's like mindful self-talk. And I like that. What you're saying is getting lost in the moment, and it's very neutral. It's, I'm sitting in the chair, I feel myself breathing. So yeah, those are great tools. From a therapist perspective, Phil, why do we worry? Worry is an important evolutionary function. You see that in animals. They get scared, they run away. It's protection. It's self-preservation. We are alerted of danger. We go into fight, flight, or freeze. Back when we were in caveman, cavewoman times, the saber-toothed tiger comes up. We have three choices. Fight it, run away from it, 
And over time, we develop sort of the play dead. If I sit here and blend into the surroundings, the tiger will go away. That's the freeze. This is an important function in our minds because if you think about a fire starts in the building, you don't want me to say, hey, Rob, I think there's a fire. Let's have a cup of tea and we'll discuss how the fire is going to burn down the building. No, you want to go, Rob, the building's on fire. Let's go. Let's get out the window. Come on, man. Let's go. It's an important function for self-preservation. We see the worry. We see the fear. And it's reflected back to our prefrontal cortex, which is our impulse control. That bounces to our amygdala, about the size of an acorn in the center of the limbic system. It bounces to our what? Amygdala. Amygdala. That's... Amygdala is the reptilian part of your brain. And we call it reptilian because we see it in reptiles. We see it's been around for millions of years, this sort of, I need something to eat. I'm going to go find something to eat. Oh, there goes my lunch. I'm going to go after it. It's that very primal, primitive part of our brain. It's like the mission control part where all the feelings are going, uh, check one niner niner. We need to shoot some cortisol down the limbic system. Let's get the body moving. Uh, Roger that. Anxiety speaking here. We're going to send some cortisol and some other good adrenaline down the limbic system. Check on that. And so the body's alerted. Your heart starts to race. You can feel it in your hands. You're ready to run. You're ready to do something. So worry, anxiety, and fear has a place in our evolution. The problem is small things we think the sky is falling. Hey, Phil. We elevate. Hey, Phil. Yes. Look outside. The sky is falling. Is the... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I say meditation can really help too, although people flinch at the notion of meditating. I don't think it's for everyone. I think it's good for tons of people, but I don't think it's good for everyone. But for those people who aren't into that, what they might try take a break, get away. And even if it's for 60 seconds, two minutes, go somewhere and be quiet and turn everything off. Try to go as neutral as possible and just breathe. When you're controlling, you're actively controlling your breathing, you realize how much control you have. So if you just hold your breath and you hold it and you hold it and you hold it, Oh, look who's in control now. Is my worry in control? No, I'm in control of this. Well, and another tip to that is belly breathing. So a lot of people breathe into their chest, and that is where panic lives. Is that chest breathing, shallow breathing? Yes. You want to, you wanna, when you take a deep breath, push out your stomach, kind of like Santa Claus. Breathe in and let it fill your belly, and then push from the belly instead of from the chest. Deep breathing. Breathing, uh, again, from an actor's perspective, if you breathe like the character you're portraying, what the situation is, you will quickly be able to get into that particular state of mind that you're trying to achieve. If your character has to be angry in this scene or at the start of the scene, well, how would one breathe if they were angry? Right. Breath is... I mean, we forget, to, I think in general, people forget to breathe. Oh, yes. I do have in giant letters the word breathe over my door. 
And it's one of these things, all the things that I have in my wall, sometimes I actively look, if I get really overwhelmed with worry, I will word by word go through everything on my wall. With my finger, I will point to each word and say it out loud. Sometimes if you just kind of read it quickly and you, you've, you've, you know what it says, you don't actively read each word. So that's my way of making sure that I am reading every word on this wall and I'm taking it in. That reminds me of 54321, five things you can see, four things you're touching, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, one thing you can taste. We call that grounding. Interesting. In the middle of sort of a wave of worry or anxiety or panic. And I like, like you did earlier, I like to speak those out loud. You know, I can see the window. I can see the television. I can see the couch. I can see the desk. You go ahead and say them out loud. I feel my feet on the ground. Feel the arms of the chair on my arms. That sort of thing. I hear Rob talking. I hear me talking. I like that. And that actually reminds me, when you said you hear me talking and all that, that reminds me too. Again, from an actor's perspective, there are times when an actor gets, as they say, in their head. Yes. And that could definitely relate to just real life. The other actor's talking, but you've got these weird things in your head going on, like, who knows? Just inner dialogue. Ah, oh, God, I, 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 I really messed that, that thing up before. Um, <laughs> whatever it is, right? These pants look stupid. Sure, whatever, whatever it is. Whatever yeah. it is. And so the, the best trick in those moments are immediately shut the heck up in your head and concentrate on the other person talk. Really listen. Of course, as an actor, you're just listening is the biggest thing. But again, in real life, how is listening not the biggest thing? Listen, listen, listen. So many people have things to say. They're like, oh, I have this little thing to say. So this person's talking. And well, as soon as they stop talking for a little bit, I'll be able to throw that in there. And they're not listening to the other person. I guess the theme that we keep coming back to on a way to, to actively combat the worry, the common theme here sounds like being present, being present. I heard you earlier say that meditation might not be for everybody, which I can respect because I have trouble doing an hour-long meditation myself. I cheat. You say be present. I say do some kind of deep breathing, mindfulness, meditation. One of my favorite YouTube videos is three minutes, mindfulness in three minutes with Deepak Chopra. It's really fun to watch. Like, imagine you had to go into an interview and you're sitting outside the interview room. You could pull this up on your phone and in three minutes you could get to what we call ground state, which is before a thought comes into your mind. Worries are thoughts. You never worry about, I'm going to have a great day today. No. Worry is, will I say the right thing? Will they like me? Will I get the job? Am I going to mess up the interview? Those are worry thoughts. And if you're really on top of your mindful game, you would say, oh, I'm aware I'm worried right now. I'm going to let that go. I notice my worries. I'm going to release it and stay grounded. I also like affirmations. That's positive self-talk. I've prepared for this interview. I'm competent. I'm confident. Or if you want to be really fun and playful, I will crush this interview. They are going to offer me the job. You can tell yourself that. 
Those are all positive self-talk statements, affirmations. You talk about an interview or any kind of worry, a first date, for instance. Try this out. Maybe it works for you, maybe it doesn't. Before you go into some, some situation that brings you some worry about all the things that could go wrong, try this. Maybe on your phone, get into the notes and type out all the adjectives. What are the best aspects of yourself? Be very complimentary. Your strengths. Yeah, yeah. your strengths. And write them all out. So then maybe you have a list of 15, 20 things. And before you go in, just read that. Then you enter the room with the value that you do have. Your worry does go away at some level, hopefully a lot. But try that out. That reminds me of, this is not exactly about anxiety, but it is being prepared. Rehearsal. I love that topic. We've talked about that many times. The magic is in, yeah, the magic is in the rehearsal. And I think, especially for a job interview, I don't recommend walking into an interview without preparing. So... People listening, there's someone out there who thinks, yeah, there's all these examples, but look, I, I'm just a worrier. I worry about things. My parents worried about things. It's just, it's in my DNA. And guess what? You're right. You're right. This is something that there are some good aspects to worry. Without worry, that would be dangerous. So there's an evo evolutionary function of worry. Are you familiar with the worry beans, Phil? The worry dolls. Look, I got these beans. I'm, you know what? I got this bucket full of beans, Phil. And on the brain, you got beans got on beans the brains. On, but here's the thing: these dolls are about the size of beans. They uh, so the worry doll. Muneca quitapina. Yes, I believe they come from Gua Guatemala. From Gua Guatemala, and they're colorful. And the idea was the worried child could put his or her worries into the little worry doll. This one's especially good if there's something that's plaguing them around sleep, a nightmare, an anxiety. You put it in the worry doll, and in theory, this helps the person sleep, especially with the children. And they put it under the pillow at night, although I have heard that it is bad luck to, to, to get someone else's worry doll. That makes sense, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Because now you're... You're, you're carrying their worry. Exactly. Which I think, I think we've become very adept at that in modern society. We worry about things that are not ours to worry oh about. Oh, my God. We do. We worry about all, I mean, so many little things. We, so many little things. But then we worry about everyone else's little things, everyone else's big things. We're worried about, I mean, turn off the news, for God's sakes. It's their business model. It's their business model. To cause a stir. Your worry is their profit. Let's just kind of summarize here. We want to actively combat worry. Eat right. Get back to basics. Eat right. Work out. Do stand up. You, if you're if you're if you're in a chair, just stand up. Get moving. Dance. Do something. Move around. Move your body. Eat healthy. Get good sleep. Here's a, a little random tip that I've started over the last few years that has eliminated so much of these little worry beans, Phil. Food prep. Indeed. I, I make so much, put it in my freezer. When it's time to eat, I don't have to think. And then you're ready. Exactly. Yeah. And you just heat them up and you have fresh ingredients. That's It's yeah. all about eliminating these little worry beans. Eliminate them, eliminate them like the video game, but you have to be active. You can't take, you know what? I'm going to take a month off, Phil. I'm going to take a month off of actively combating worrying. I'm going to do that. 
because you know why? I deserve it. I deserve, I'm just gonna let loose. I'm just gonna go do what I wanna do and screw these other things. Well, that's fine and dandy for, fine and dandy, who says that? For a week. (laughs) (laughs) By the time you get back, you're gonna have about five buckets full worry beans. I have another trick that's a quick one, a quick trick. It's called challenging anxious thoughts. The first thing I want to say is face your fear. It seems counterintuitive, but the way to deal with worries, anxieties, and fears is to actually face them. What you alluded to, I'm going to take a month off, that's avoidance and or procrastination. Because typically, whatever you're worried about, you have to eventually deal with. So putting it off actually increases the worry. And time and time again, well, I've experienced it myself, but my clients, they say, hey, actually, when I sat down and did the thing, I didn't worry as much. It wasn't that big of a deal. I'm going to just sit down and do it next time. Um, But my challenge anxious thoughts suggestion is what's the worst case? What's the best case? What's the most likely case? You go into the job interview. What's the worst case? Maybe you don't get the job. And the funny thing is, well, maybe that's the universe helping you. That actually might be, that might be a positive, right? It might not be the job for you, for sure. Humans need to step back and realize, look, we're humans. A lot of the time, we can't tell the difference between great news or horrible news. Mindfulness would say it's just news. It's news. It's neither good nor bad. Worst case, you don't get offered the job. Best case, they offer you a job on the spot. Most likely case, you're probably going to make a mistake in the interview and you push through and you're probably going to have some highlights. You're going to have some moments where you are speaking really intelligently, answering the question purposefully. You're going to be crushing the interview and then they'll have a question for you and you'll need to say, let me get back to you on that. I need to do some research. That's a good question. That's the most likely One case. more thing, and I, if I interrupted, you'd come back to it. No worries. No worries? That's pretty good. <laughs> one, one thing that, of course, now, like, you don't have to be an artist. Just grab grab some markers, some crayons. Grab some crayons and some paper and just start drawing. Or if you don't want to do that, just get out your notes on your phone and just start typing what's on your mind. Your list. Or, or your list of things to do. Or what's on your mind. Get it out. Express yourself. I call it a worry journal. You can write down your worries. And interestingly, if you look at thoughts, you can quickly use cognitive behavioral therapy and realize, oh, that worry is actually my interpretation. I'm making that thought the end of the world, a crisis. And it's triggering all that fight, flight, freeze response in the brain. The interviewer just said, would you like to take a seat, not get out of the building, the building's on fire. We often hear a statement and we turn it into something huge when really it was just a thought. It was a fleeting thought. It's not the end of the world. And you you said something earlier about, I'm just a worrier. I do think you can treat worries like an addiction. Some people are addicted to worrying. And with that, you have to own that you are worrying too much and make a conscious decision to say, 
yeah, I have a problem with these worries. I don't want to worry this much. I'm ready to do something about it. Everyone has worry, and we all need to actively combat worry. For the majority of your worry, you're using quite a bit of imagination. What if you use your imagination to your advantage? Float above your body. Take a look. What if you were a video game? What would you want this character to do? Are these worries justified? What problems are you consistently running into? How can you conquer these obstacles so that you can get to the next level? May I suggest you have a little faith. Faith in something. Upon my wall, I have these words from Rumi. Everything is rigged in your favor, so there is nothing to worry about. And now I will say to you, to you, Everything is rigged in your favor, so there is nothing to worry about. Thanks for joining us on the Artist and the Therapist podcast. Be sure to join us again, and make sure you subscribe to the Artist and the Therapist podcast. Contact us at info at taattpodcast.com. Dot com.